looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte, joined by my co-host, DJ Smith. DJ, how are we doing today? Great, Dante. Always great to be with you. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining in. We've got uh, Steven Passavento from Von Finch Capital on the show this week. Uh, we actually invest, invested with Steven in a deal. What market was that, DJ? It was in Denver. Denver. And how many units? 200 and... 280 units. 10-year uh, hold. Had some really neat numbers to it, including uh, some return of capital. Um, so Stephen does a nice job with this stuff, as well as uh, he'll talk about his Investor Mindset podcast. Uh, this guy is, is a high-performing individual who's been very successful uh, at everything he's done, from flipping houses to doing his real estate syndications and really just a, a, a guy that I look at as, you know, a, a mentor and, and a, and a uh, kind of a measuring stick for us to uh, grow into. Um, he's just done a really great job and has some great, great points throughout this entire podcast. Yeah, I mean, Steven's filled with energy. He does a great job. So really happy he uh, carved out the time to come on the show. With that, let's bring Steven in. All right, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? What's going on, guys? Stephen Pesavento here of the Investor Mindset Podcast and Von Finch Capital. Excited to be here. Excited to dive into everything, multifamily, passive investing, and uh, how to get your mind in the right place to start really growing. Yeah, awesome. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, the way we connected was I, I found you online somehow. I always saw your names kind of circling around the industry. It's a, a small industry. Everyone knows each other. And I was like, hey, you know, you got this deal coming up, DJ. We should attend the webinar there, see what they got going on. And we ended up uh, investing in that deal with you. So excited for that. And then I um, heard you on a few other podcasts. I was like, you know what? Let's just reach out to the guy and get him on the show. I like what he's doing. I want to hear a little bit more about what he's doing. So glad to have you on here. Uh, so, Stephen, just tell us about kind of your past. How did you get the real estate bug? Everyone always wants to know, how did you get into it? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's kind of a funny story, right? So when I was growing up, I wanted to be one of two things. I either wanted to be a chef like Emeril Lagasse or I wanted to renovate houses like Bob Vila. And uh, so after all of that HGTV finally paid off after I, I went the traditional route originally, you know, graduating from a great school in Minnesota, St. John's, and uh, went into management consulting. But I ended up realizing that there was something really missing. And so fast forward, ended up, uh, you know, leaving the management consulting world, leaving technology, and uh, started flipping houses. But it had taken me nearly 10 years to get into my first real estate deal from the moment that I had first read Rich Dad Poor Dad at 17. So 10 years later, flipped 75 houses that first year, accelerated to flipping over 200 houses within two and a half years. And now we exclusively focus on multifamily real estate and really helping our clients passively invest in these types of deals, hands off, you know, uh, multifamily syndication, crowdfunding, if you will, 
Um, and uh, we've done a very good job of it. But getting started, you know, it all comes back to getting that inspiration from, you know, seeing other people out there, seeing these beautiful homes being repositioned and thinking, man, I want to be a part of how can I be a part of creating something that is going to be better? How can I be a part of taking something that's an old house and making it amazing and beautiful? And then uh, finding out you can actually make a lot of money doing that. And fast forward, you can do it even more effectively and efficiently when you're doing it in commercial real estate. So you're talking about the reason why you kind of got into flipping, you know, you take something that's a little bit distressed and make it beautiful or older, make it new and make some money while you're doing it, while you're having fun and kind of doing those projects. At what point did you realize you almost had a problem and you pivoted to the multifamily realm of things? When did that come in? Well, I've been uh, getting as far away from being a blue collar worker my whole life. Grew up with some amazing parents, but grew up in a blue collar world the poverty mindset and uh, was able to escape that, that middle-class mindset eventually, you know, start really developing the investor mindset, which we talk about all the time on the investor mindset podcast. How do you change your thoughts and beliefs so you can start changing the actions you experience and therefore the outcomes that you uh, get to bring into your life. And so for me, even while I was flipping houses, I was a business guy. I was running the business. I was not out at the projects. I was flipping houses in two different States that I didn't live in. Why well, I lived in California first and then Denver, flipping 1,700 miles away in Raleigh, North Carolina, and out in Minneapolis. And so the problem that I realized I had was that I had gotten into the business for the sole purpose of making money and to prove to myself that I could make money in real estate as I left management consulting and the other worlds that I've been in. Um, and we did that. We made a lot of money. But I looked around and I had this realization that I'm serving a client that isn't my ideal client that I'm building a business that isn't in alignment with what I actually want. I had gone down this path because I thought it was the fastest path towards getting to the first waypoint that I wanted to. And then I realized that I was building a business that wasn't in alignment. And what I realized in that process was frankly, that the client that I wanted to serve, the client that I'm excited about working with all the time are other successful people like me, other dreamers, other believers, other people who want to create more freedom, flexibility, and have more fun, and who want to go in uh, and believe that it's possible to do that while working in a career they love and being able to use real estate as a path towards doing that. And so that shift of client, that shift of who I'm serving is why uh, the business that I'm in today is so powerful and why it's in such a, a much more powerful place of alignment. Because when you're buying houses from people for 60 to 70 cents on the dollar, I'm making a huge impact. I'm saving these people from bad situations. I'm helping them get rid of really terrible properties. You know, I'm simplifying their life and we're making great money doing it. But that is not the clientele that you get to have a repeat relationship with. It's a one and done transaction. And on the buyer side, selling to a buyer, it's, it's not a repeat transaction either. And so even shifting uh, things within my existing business, it only took me about three to six months of trial and error to realize that in order for me to build a business that I am excited about running for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and to be surrounded by other like-minded, high-income earning, high-growth, uh, you know, high-minded people, I, I got to make the shift. And that's why Von Finch is focused on what we do, right? We work with accredited investors. We work with some non-accredited as well. We know people are on the way up. I've been there. We've all been there. But we mostly work with accredited investors because they have the ability and means to continuously repeat invest 
and they uh, are looking to be able to create more of that income, right? Because when you're in a position as a doctor or you're a business owner or you're a high producing real estate agent um, or you're a sales professional, you're good at making money. You're good at what you do. And hopefully you found something that you love doing, but you also realize, man, I want to have the freedom to know that if I am not okay, if I get hit by a car, if uh, I get sick and all these things have happened to clients of mine or my personal family or myself, and it knocks you out, you, you want to know that you're covered. And that's really the reason that we shifted was because now essentially we've built a business that helps enable people to have more freedom, flexibility, and fun in their life. I, I love uh, that. I mean, drop the mic. We could end the podcast here. <laughs> that, that, that's absolutely phenomenal. The team aspect of what you're talking about. It's one of the things that I really enjoy when uh, I discovered passive investing and I've invested in one year deals now and certainly looking forward to doing more. Um, it, it, the team nature of bringing people together and with Dante and I now doing our first syndication uh, it's so cool that that we're all in this thing together. I, I love that team aspect. Uh, and you have articulated it like uh, nobody else we've had on the podcast. Uh, so well done there. Mm. I might even have to steal some of that if it's mm. okay. Mm. But uh, really the markets, you also invest. You've mentioned a lot of markets. And I know your, your syndicated opportunities. I've seen them down in Jacksonville, Denver, Dallas, uh, you have a few going on right now, Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. at least the ones that I'm familiar with. And how do you evaluate these markets? How do you know where you want to be? Yeah. So real estate is a local business. It is a local uh, business, meaning even within neighborhoods, within these local cities, we have to get to know on a deep basis. And so one of the things we look for, of course, we're looking for population growth. We're looking for where's the flow of people, where are they moving to? We're looking for where the job's moving to and where's their growth on the job front. Uh, And we're looking for diversification of those employers. Those three things are key because where people are, people need housing and where people have jobs, they can afford that housing. So that puts us in a secure position. And then, of course, we're looking to be in areas that are low crime or have crime that is moving downward. We don't want to be moving into areas where crime is moving up. That doesn't mean we're in areas where no crime ever happens because guess what? It happens everywhere, even in some of the best cities and neighborhoods. But we're looking for places that are great places to live and that are moving in that path of progress. Um, But we also like to buy in places that are already progressed. Um, so one of the reasons we love places like Denver and Phoenix is because they're high growth markets, Dallas, high growth market, Jacksonville, tertiary market that is now moving onto a high growth market. So we like to see that growth because we get to take advantage of it. But, uh, we are also, uh, we're also open to markets that maybe aren't growing at that same level because they have different attributes that are beneficial. Maybe they provide us a higher cash flow number. We just don't get the same benefit from appreciation. And so when we can find a great market, and then most importantly, we can start to develop our resources locally and start really developing that deal pipeline of having access to these phenomenal opportunities, it puts us in a position to really win for our investors, right? Because at the end of the day, everything comes down to our partners, right? If you guys are interested in learning more or getting involved with Von Finch, I encourage you to. One of the best places to go is vonfinch.com slash network. 
That's vonfinch.com slash network and join our investor network and find out about how to get involved with us. Um, but one of the reasons why I encourage you to go learn more um, is because at the end of the day, what we do is we go and find these great deals and then we put together great operating teams that are comprised of local brokers and uh, you know local property managers that have decades of experience in the market. And then we combine that by bringing an operating partner onto our team who has you know five, seven, 10 years of experience locally in that market who can execute and can bring a phenomenal track record to the table uh, to be able to do that day-to-day business. And as a result, what we are able to do is we're able to diversify within our investors' portfolios while also working with some of the best people in the business. And that's really what is so great about syndicating real estate, syndicating multifamily, is that as an investor, what you want to be looking for is you want to be looking for great markets with great operators and then great deals. You got to trust the operator is going to choose a great deal because if you don't know the market, you don't really know whether it's a great deal. It's, it comes down to trust because we can put any number we want on paper and we can project whatever we want. Now we don't. If you actually run our numbers that we put in our, uh, our, our offer memorandums, you'll notice that usually the IRRs are higher than what we're telling you because uh, we want to underproject even if we're uh, you know, showing that the numbers are much higher. Um, but that's the reason why you want to really be investing in markets that are seeing that growth and with the right people. Yeah. So once again, you hit on that team aspect. It doesn't just, uh, it's not just the sponsor and the limited partners that are investing. It is that whole entire team, SEC attorney, real estate attorney, property manager, everybody's key to that. So again, just to continue to hit on that point, it is important to put together an all-star team. And that's how Dante and I have also tried to operate, uh, make sure that we're hiring the best. If we got to pay a little bit more for it, who cares as long as the deal works for the investors, we want to bring the right team to the table, conservatively project and execute. Now, I would say a quote, there's no typical syndication deal out there, but if I was to kind of average everything out, I'd say most syndicators are out there doing, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 8% cash on cash, 15% IRR, five-year hold time. Uh, your deals are always uh, structured a, a little bit different. And I think it's really cool. That's why, you know, we, did, we decided to come in with you. Um, so talk about that a little bit, because I, I think it's, uh, and you had also mentioned some of the conservative nature of your underwriting. Uh, these are things we try to educate our investors on, but I'd love to hear how you articulate that. Yeah, great, great, uh, great question. So I really believe that deal structure should be deal specific, meaning different deals deserve different deal structures. But one of the things that we really believe in at Von Finch is that the kind of investor we're looking to attract is a little bit more sophisticated. These are high income earners. These are people who are professionals. These are people who have opportunities to invest in private equity funds and deals. And what we're looking for is to give them more of the pie than most people, and they're going to expect it. And so one of the reasons we do that is uh, we're looking for long-term relationships. So on uh, uh, most of our deals, what we're looking to do is we're looking to create a minimum of a 6 to 8% cash on cash return. And we're looking to create a minimum of a 14 to 17% IRR for our investors over the life of the deal with an equity multiple or doubling investors' money 
over five to six years. That's a minimum. And so uh, that are those are for cash flow deals. Now we do deals that are only focused on equity growth and they're shorter term and they, you know, we double investors returns in one to three. But on those longer term deals, what we like to see is, you know, if we can hit that six to 8% cash on cash return and we can, you know, hit a 15, 16, 17% IRR, that's a huge win. Now, some of them, like the deal that we currently are promoting right now um, in Dallas, you know, we're looking at an eight to 10% return. We're looking at a, you know, 18 to 20% IRR. Like these are available when you have really great deals and you're working with really great sponsors and they're risk adjusted, meaning we're not necessarily taking more risk in order to create that the return than you might get with another group. We're just giving more of the deal to the investor because what it does is it attracts a long-term investor who's going to continue working with us over and over and over and over again. So from a structure standpoint, the way that works is typically, you know, a 7% preferred return, maybe an eight um, and a 80, 20 split up to a 17% IRR and then a 50, 50 split after. Now we collect some fees, typically, you know, uh, acquisition fee and asset management fee. Um, but what we're really doing there is we're creating a structure that says, Mr. and Mrs. Investor, we're going to work really, really hard to be able to create a, a very outsized return for you, a 17% IRR. And after that, we're going to start collecting more of the promote. We're going to collect more of the upside. And it puts us in a position of aligned interests from day one. So our job, our goal is to be able to kill it for you as an investor. And when we do, then we also start collecting um, you know, much more of the, uh, the upside and the promote. And that's really attractive to folks. Now, talk about too, because some of your deals have uh, some return of capital throughout. So the, another important feature to touch on that I think is a tremendous benefit. Yeah, absolutely. So not all of our deals do, but uh, many of them that we do have the opportunity for us to return all or some of investors' initial capital upfront. Now, we're unique in the fact that when we have a return of capital, at least on the current deals that we're offering, this may change in the future because there's always a different structure for a different investor. However, on some of these deals that we've uh, structured recently, we've been able to return uh, 100% of capital in our projections while also keeping that investor involved in the deal, keeping their same equity account, uh, same ownership stock, um, same shares. And as a result of that, you know, investor might receive a 10% return from year one to year three, and then receive 100% of their return back or 100% of their initial investment back, and then continue to receive that 10% return for the next five or 10 years or however long we're holding the property. And so what's great about that is as an investor, I call it planting seeds. You can take your million dollar investment, you can write that check, you can plant that seed in this first property. And then in two to three or four years, you get that initial money back and you go invest it with another opportunity with us or another sponsor, but you still own that same, that same farm that you originally planted. That, that it's going to keep growing. You're going to keep harvesting off of it, but now you're able to spread it out. And over a couple of years, when you're talking about a two or three or four X multiple on your money, you can imagine over a nine year period, if you just stopped investing after those first three investments, I mean, you'd be talking about three plus three plus three. You talk about nine or 10 Xing your money over, you know, making three investments. Talk about major changes to your net worth. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I love that. 
I kind of want to talk deal specific, deal criteria specific. So you talk about these different markets that you go into, uh, you either build or partner with these great teams with great track records. What do the deals look like for you? So when you are looking for a deal, obviously you're looking at the operator, the sponsor that you're going to partner with or whoever that is in the team. Is there a certain unit count, a certain vintage, a certain class deal? What are you guys looking at particular once you go into these markets for your deal? Yeah. So every deal is different and every market has a different strategy. So for example, in Denver, we're buying heavy value add properties and we're willing to buy properties that are 40 to hundred units, as well as a 280 unit property like Mesa Verde that we just closed on, which was a $71 million purchase um, in the Denver market. So when we're looking at those smaller value add projects, it's market relevant because a uh, 40 unit in Denver might be six to $10 million. Uh, uh, a hundred unit in Alabama might be, uh, you know, $5 million. So on those kind of projects, what we're looking for on those is a heavy uh, lift. We're looking to be able to completely reposition something, create very high returns for investors and be able to do that in a one to three year period. And so on those kind of projects, it comes down to the fact that we've got a phenomenal construction team, phenomenal operating partner here locally, and we'll do maybe two to three of those kind of deals a year, but they're the kind of deals where investors really clean up nicely. And we're really good at those deals. Um, on the flip side, if we're looking for a stabilized property, a stabilized project, but we're going to add value, then we're looking for great cash flow coming in day one. You know, a good example is this deal in Dallas that I've been talking about, uh, 232 units. You know, we're able to create an 8 to 10% cash on cash return from day one. Um, but we also have a lot of value to be added. We're able to build back utilities. We're able to renovate units. What I love seeing is where I walk a property and the people inside say the property management's terrible. They don't do anything that we want. They don't fix the stuff. They don't, there's maintenance issues. All of those things are great because those are things we know we can easily fix by being a professional manager and just a better steward to the property. So those are the kind of things we look for. We're looking for two to 300 unit buildings, typically in the 35 to $50 million range. Um, we will go above that. We will go below that. Um, it just depends on the market and the area. But we love C plus assets and we love turning them into B minus or B assets. We like being able to move up the grading level and we like properties that are located in neighborhoods that are nicer than the property. Obviously that just makes our life easier. If we can buy the worst property in the best neighborhood, um, we love that because uh, we're good at repositioning. Yeah, so path of progress, certainly important. Uh, so along those lines, pull out your crystal ball for me. We have you know, these great markets that everybody knows about the Carolinas, Dallas, and, you know, some select others. Uh, when you pull out the crystal ball, what are you guys looking at next? So your Dallas opportunity is currently open. I, I believe your Arizona opportunity is still going and you can confirm that for me, but what do you guys have coming down the pipe? So Arizona's closed. Dallas is open. Um, yeah, Dallas is our only opportunity open. If you happen to be listening to this and it's available, you can go to vonfinch.com slash, uh, slash offers uh, and you can get registered and find out more about that opportunity. But, um, or vonfinch.com slash Estrella, E-S-T-R-E-L-L-A. We'll include that in the show notes. But um, we, 
don't have a crystal ball in front of us. Uh, unfortunately, I left it uh, in my last house when I moved. I was hoping. And, uh, I was looking they for wouldn't, pointers. They wouldn't give it back to me. <laughs> but uh, the truth is, my view on what's going to happen market-wise is based on other people that are smarter than me that I look up to. And I don't believe that there is going to be a major increase in interest rates. I believe there might be a few basis points bump. We might see some of that kind of shift happen. But I don't really believe that it's possible for the government to increase uh, interest rates by one or two or three percent. I don't think it's possible. One reason for that belief is because, uh, in my opinion, uh, a one or not, it's not my opinion, uh, one percent increase in interest rates to the federal deficit will create the equivalent of one uh, entire year of Social Security benefits, meaning one percent increase creates the federal deficit uh, uh, payment goes up equivalent to social security. It's just not possible for us to be able to afford to do that. Um, so hopefully uh, the Fed won't go that direction. With that said, I still love growth markets, Denver, Dallas, Jacksonville, Phoenix. We're gonna keep buying there. We're looking at a number of other markets. Some of them we can't talk about until we have an opportunity there in part because we wanna lead the way and we want uh, to, uh, be able to take advantage of, of our opportunity before uh, everyone else knows where we're moving to. Um, with that said- uh, and, and I can appreciate that. Uh, so certainly, certainly though, we have to ask the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that said though, I think the, the key things to look for is, you know, where is their growth? And most importantly, where can you find a really great asset and combine that with a really great team? Yeah, I love that. Uh, Steven, this has been awesome. Uh, we're going to switch over to our next section of the show, move this light right along. Uh, that section of the show is called the Curious Cues. We're going to throw some questions at you that we ask every guest. Get your answer. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Favorite podcast you enjoy listening to besides your own or our own? You know, there's so many great podcasts. I uh, have been a person that's listened to my own show a few times, mostly just to see what uh, what kind of great stuff, uh, you know, I've heard from other guests, but I, you know, Tim Ferriss is a great show. It's a show that I first started listening to podcasts. I just recently dipped back in to the, 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 the Tim Ferriss show. So I think, you know, obviously the classics are still really, really good. Um, there's another show that I love, obviously cash flow connection with Hunter Thompson is yep. top notch. There's a great podcast called man talks which is all specifically for men. It's all about self-leadership, shadow work, development. Big believer in that. I'm a part of some communities that he's a part of. And there's another guy named David Meltzer. Big fan of his work. Um, have worked with him personally on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And uh, he is a big in the personal development space as well. Awesome. I've checked those out. Favorite book you enjoy reading? Anything on the uh, top of the bookshelf now? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great books. I could list a thousand of them, but I'll talk about two that are phenomenal game changes for your life. I reread this book every single year. It's called The Go-Giver. I always oh, think that book. when you reread yeah. that book, you, it reminds you of beliefs that you should really live by. And so I encourage everyone to go reread it or grab it for the first time. I'm currently diving through, uh, again, I'm diving through High Performance Habits from Brendan Bruchard. It's full of great lessons um, and lots of really good stuff. Um, and then, of course, I'm a big fan of Never Split the Difference from Chris Voss. I think it's a book about communication over negotiation. Negotiation yeah. is part of it. But I think the ability to communicate effectively uh, comes out of that book, and, and I, I highly recommend it. 
yeah, go giver. That is a phenomenal one. I can't recommend that enough. Uh, one of our actual investors that invest in our deal and <laughs> one of my clients actually gifted that to me and it's been a phenomenal book and I've spread the word about that a bunch. I, biggest hurdle in real estate you've had to overcome. Yeah, I think the biggest hurdle in real estate, it comes down to belief. It was getting in, getting in the game. It's the same thing I think a lot of people are dealing with that are listening right now. And so if you happen to be feeling this way, maybe you want to go active, you want to make this your career, you haven't, you got to ask yourself why, comes down to belief. Or if you're interested in passively investing and you haven't pulled the trigger, or you're thinking about a deal right now and you haven't pulled the trigger, what is that belief that's holding you back? And for me, what that belief early on was, I didn't believe it was possible for me to do it. I didn't believe I had the right connections, relationships. I didn't have enough experience. Whatever that was, those beliefs held me back. It took me 10 years from getting inspired to you know, uh, making it a reality. Um, and the same is true with the transition into creating a podcast or into multifamily or into moving or anything. These things all happen, but it all comes down to shifting those beliefs. So I just encourage you guys, if that speaks to you, definitely go listen to the Investor Mindset Podcast. Go click over, hit the subscribe button. We talk a lot about this. We talk a lot about passive investing. We talk a lot about high performance. So I think those are all things that are going to help you go to another level. I know they've they've helped me. Favorite non-real estate related hobby? What do you like doing in your free time? What else is there to do other than focusing on personal growth and real estate? I have no idea. If you find out, <laughs> yeah. let me know and I will uh, try that. No, I'm a big snowboarder, big kiteboarder, love kiting, love getting out there on the ocean and, and riding, probably do 20 to 25 days a year on the mountain, uh, big hiker, big runner, uh, love yoga, love uh, fitness, really big into just, you know, health and wellness and just kind of how can I perform at the highest level? But, um, you know, nothing like a great conversation over a great meal with some smart people. I don't, I don't those, know. Those, those kiteboard things. Wow. I've watched those guys. <laughs> Pretty crazy, crazy stuff. That It looks it, like it's a lot of fun. So it sounds like you got a lot of free time there too. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to find out, like if I was to get on one of those, how long before I can actually get going? Like how many falls do you have before you, you actually get going? Well, here's the secret to kiteboarding. And the reason I like it better than surfing is because I lived in SoCal on the beach and uh, there was six to 10 foot waves every day. And I was getting demolished on the surfboard. And it takes a long time. You go to Hawaii, you can pick it up pretty quick. I do like surfing now that I've lived in Hawaii for a few months and experienced that. But the key to kiting is you get a 10 hour training, two days, one day, you get trained on how to fly the kite so you can do it safely. And then it doesn't take you that long to get up. And you can get pretty proficient within, you know, going a couple days a week. You could go and do it on a trip and you could pick it up pretty quick. The biggest thing is you take the class for safety so that you do it the right way. Because whenever you're dealing with the ocean, it's a, you know, it's a scary thing and you want to make sure that you're safe, but it's super fun and it can, you can really excel. You can jump a hundred feet in the air. If you want, you can stay right on the water and just curve back and forth. So there's a lot of goodness to it. There you go. Make money makes sense. And uh, also kite boarding tips. <laughs> you heard and it then, here uh, first. <laughs> last question we got for you, Stephen, is uh, newbie advice. So what advice would you give to someone who's looking to get started? Yeah, the biggest advice that I'd give to somebody looking to get started is make a decision make a decision and then act upon that decision. So you got to first get clear on what you want, why you want it. 
talk a lot about that on the investor mindset. There's actually a great resource for this specifically, investormindset.com slash success. We've got the five principles. One of the five principles is getting clear on what you want and why you want it. When you get clear on what you want and why you want it, whether you're trying to go active or passive, you're going to know, you're going to be able to align that, you're going to be able to take action. But then you got to go out and get a coach. You got to get a mentor. There's difference between the two. We could talk about it, but you got to go find somebody who's going to help guide you down the path, challenge you, and uh, keep you accountable towards making that progress happen. Yeah, that is great. Uh, Stephen, this has been phenomenal. If you don't mind just leaving your information. So if someone wanted to get a hold of you or learn more about Von Finch, how can they do so? Yeah, the best way is head over to your favorite social media app and uh, over on Instagram or LinkedIn or even Facebook and uh, drop a DM. Send a message to me at steven.pesavento. Let me know you listen to me here and uh, hit that follow and you can start engaging. And then, of course, I encourage you to go listen to the Investor Mindset podcast. You know, we put out two great episodes a week. We're a top 200 investing and business podcast. And uh, if you're interested in getting involved in the kind of deals we do, then I encourage you to head over to vonfinch.com slash network and join our investor network. You know, we, can, we do work with some non-accredited investors, so you'll have to build that relationship. Most of our deals are for accredited um, and uh, we'd love to be able to serve you. Awesome. Well, this has been phenomenal. We really appreciate you taking the time and joining us and we hope to have you back soon. Love it. Appreciate it, you guys. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.